thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 60. Congratulations, Josh. Jesus. Episode 60. That's right, 60? buddy. 60? Yeah. We've had 60 of these things, and uh, they've all been awesome until today, probably. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> but yeah, get off your little phone there and uh, get ready to podcast. And just real quick, uh, we can keep this going. I have to be on set later on. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> nice. What are you working on? No, I'm nothing. Actually, zero. I have nothing. Which is surprising. I mean, it, was, it was about a year, like a year ago, last spring, we were up in Seattle doing gigs together, and you busted out. I don't know about three or four months worth of scripts, pilots. Yeah, you know, eight, eight, ten of them, a ton of them. So They're amazing. What I'm saying is, I'm surprised because you are busy. Oh no, I have things going on. Yeah. I'm not really going to set though. See, yeah. uh, if you guys don't know, uh, I am. Looks like you've been working out your little muscles. I'm a headliner. Okay, actually, no. I'm. I was featuring. This gives you an idea who I am. I was booking a show. I booked Tim to feature for me. Tim did 14 minutes and I did 13 minutes. Yeah. And I went after him. It wasn't a real. And uh, I did some of his jokes. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with that. You did do one of my lines. I did. Valentine's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was backstage. I was like, I think Casey was with me. And I was like, did he just, <laughs> did he just do one of my fucking jokes? Because I steal your damn material, you monkey. <laughs> anyway, Josh and I have been friends now for a few years. And, uh, we first started talking at the Ha Ha Comedy Cafe, and at first, I, uh, like many people, thought Josh was a jackass. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I tell you, I was telling uh, I was telling my wife a couple of days ago that all my best friends, at first, I didn't care for them very much. Every one of them, since I was a little kid, um, all my best friends, I either got into a fight with them in like grade school, and like beat the crap out of them, and then we became friends, or. Uh, um, my best friend in high school, Brian Hunt, we were playing like dodgeball or something in gym. And I was like, who is this dickhead? Cause he was just, you know, talking shit to everybody. And we became best friends. Justin Leon, I didn't like at first because he was funny and I was, uh, starting out in comedy and I was like, Hey, who is this guy? I'm the, I'm the hot shit open micer. Who's this dickhead? And, uh, he became one of my best friends. And, uh, John, I always liked you, buddy. Thank you. I, I consider you one of my best friends. Definitely out here. And, uh, so yeah, I guess that's not. You beat me up. I did beat Josh up. We 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 wrestled at. Um, he came to. He featured for me in Kansas City, and we went up to my old high school, and they happened to have the wrestling room open. And Josh was like, "I want to wrestle you," and I was like, "Have you ever wrestled?" And he's like, "No." And I was like, "Well, then you don't want to wrestle me." And uh, but Josh is a big, strong dude, and we went in the uh, the wrestling room, and this is like right after P ninety X. I was in, like the best adult shape of my life, and. Uh, it was one of the funnest days of my life. I have to tell you. You beat me up, and I laughed. It was like it was like I was some emotionally disturbed child. Keith <laughs> threw me around like a rag doll. Was this at West too? Yeah, and oh, it home, was home turf advantage. It yeah. was. Well, I don't. I have no experience. So he did this thing where he dropped down on his stomach and shot forward and pulled my ankles back. And I, next thing I know, I was on my back and I was laughing. 
because yeah. I, I could do nothing. But you're okay. I'm just gonna guess for the listeners. You're uh, what, what, six six foot five eleven, six foot two. No, five eight Jewish guy drive a Toyota. Really? Yeah, that, I, That's about it. Wear it well, he's not dude. very tall, but you're a very you, strong, two, dude. Fifteen to twenty. No, I'm one eighty. Really? Uh, and have you been bigger than that? No, previously? no, one eighty. Maybe ten pounds more, maybe when I took steroids. That okay. was about it. Gotcha, gotcha. You yeah. know, when I was in high school and I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, I got beat up and it was so fun. It was well, so fun. To your credit, though, you you not only did you, I mean, you're a big, strong dude and fairly athletic and all that, but you had no idea how to wrestle. But not only did you take it, but you weren't getting really tired or anything. And then we did that gig a few weeks later um, somewhere. And it was like afterwards, and we we're at somebody's apartment, and you started wrestling me, and we—I bet we wrestled for a half an hour, dude. Yeah, and you weren't—you weren't tired or anything. I get so song. excited to get—I don't know why. Like, there's certain people, like Tim. I like to—I I, every time I see you, I attack you. And where it comes from was in the Pink Panther. Do you remember the original Pink Panther? They had a Chinese guy, and he would always attack him, <laughs> and just yeah. jump out and attack him, and then the phone ring, and they'd stop. So you, Russell Peters, I attack because Russell's like golden gloves and beats my ass. Uh, Mike Young, I like to attack, but I just because he's a golden gloves boxer. Yeah. Um, and I just I enjoy getting beat up. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't well, know why. John Smith is probably the best wrestler ever, and he had perfected this move called the low level single leg. And I felt like John Smith that day because I was just hitting low levels on you, and and uh, oh, yeah. I was like, this this feels great. Yeah. <laughs> this is what John Smith felt like all the time. Did uh, did we ever go live on YouTube? No, I'm not gonna. Well, it said we were. It said it said we're going live in like we go. we'll see two minutes, and I don't know what the deal is. One guy was waiting, and I feel bad for the guy now. Well, we did get a uh, Chris Fohe. I know I said that wrong. In Springfield, said he saw you at the Josh Heinrichs Reggae Festival. Said it was uh... who saw me. So no, there was a big me. I was like, what the hell are you talking fight. about? I wasn't there. What did he say? He said there was a big asshole that started a fight at the reggae oh, yeah. festival. He got thrown a... out. He goes, could you please talk about that? Yeah, there was a guy at the reggae festival who uh, came up onto the stage. And, well, first he was trying to talk to me from the crowd. And I was like, really, dude? You're... I mean, it was, it was a reggae festival, so it wasn't an ideal situation for a comedian. And this guy was, like, heckling Real me. Real quick, sorry. It was outdoors? Indoors. It was indoors. Indoors and how many people? Oh man, it was a uh, lot. There was probably two or three hundred people at least. Okay, Maybe I just wanted more. to get okay. And it was comedy the only thing going on at the time, or was there like jugglers well, they, and weird shit? They had me going up in between uh, acts oh. at the band, and it the people that were listening were having a really good time, but it was like literally doing comedy where it was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was not a good setup for comedy, but the people that were listening were great, so I was just playing to them. And there was this one guy that kept trying to heckle me. And I was like, dude, really? Like, this isn't a hard enough situation. You're going to heckle me? And then he came up on stage. And I was like, dude, get the fuck off. What are you doing? And they ended up throwing him out. And I could see him all the way. They were, like, marching him out the back door. <laughs> and and he's still fighting these guys. Like, these three, like, linemen in the NFL are, like, carrying this dude out. And I'm like, I'm like, go limp, motherfucker. You've lost. It's over. You're saying this on the mic? Yeah. Is everybody laughing? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It was, amazing. like, the best part of the show. Yeah. Um, Certainly so. not your comedy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a dickhead. <laughs> Just so you know, uh, I have literally tried to take Tim's persona and I talk and I do his jokes back to him. And then you pretty much just stare at me because yeah. I do your same jokes over and over and over again back to you. 
Yeah. Which is Pasep I did, Pasep I didn't, Pasep I would. Yeah, I get random <laughs> texts from Josh just saying like, Pasep I didn't, and shit like that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I literally do his jokes back to him for no reason. Yeah. And I also FaceTime you and you never pick up. I've never picked up a FaceTime in my life. It's I think, amazing. I think Kirk Fox had a tweet where he said, uh, anytime someone FaceTimes me, I throw my phone like it's a grenade. And uh, and that's exactly, I laugh my ass off because that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, why are you FaceTiming me right now? And Cheesy, you know, I st- knowing that he won't pick up and it bothers him, I continually FaceTime him. Well, that's what makes you nasty. Thank you very much. I, mean, I appreciate that's, it. That's your specialty. <laughs> Brady Matthews took it off his phone because it gave him anxiety. Uh, when I'd FaceTime, Rye Dune never picks up, uh, but I have people that pick up. <laughs> one, it, one time I picked up on accident. Remember? That was like a week or two ago. Uh, I don't remember that. I yeah, really don't. I was driving back from somewhere. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With Casey. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Accidentally, accidentally FaceTimed. It's, I think it's nice. So, John, comedians were alone during the day, and it's like, hey, I'm reaching out. How are you? How's your day? Let me ask you. Underneath, when you get a FaceTime to me, underneath, do you feel good? Like, ah, oh, my friend's thinking about me. No. Wait a second. You're telling me you don't feel good? No, I, I'm more than happy to talk to you, but the whole idea of... Because you can always see yourself in that little thing, and it's never flattering. It's always like, it looks like you just came out of a coma or something. No, my, my picture's no, fine. Maybe I'm, it's I'm you. talking about me. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. I look like... I can just see myself in a little corner of it, and I just feel like it's just a terrible... <laughs> And all I can do is look at that thing and be like, oh, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to like multitask. You can't be texting anybody else or on Facebook or I something and talking you can on FaceTime. Yes, you can. You just put it on pause and you continue doing your day and then you come back. See, that yeah. just doesn't even, that defeats the whole purpose it's of it. It's fun. Per- so you get a FaceTime to pause to do other stuff. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, how long have you been doing, uh, just comedy and acting and stuff? Because Josh was a phenomenal do you mind me telling people this? No, I'm Ph- talking putting it into a late night set. Good, a phenomenal door to door meat salesman. I mean, this dude, you made a shit ton of money doing it too, right? Didn't yeah. You live, Josh lived across the street from Kanye West. Yep, had a house in the hills across from Kanye West. Drove Jaguars, Mercedes. I had a Hummer. I wore Ed Hardy. Like I was the epitome of 2007. How many times a year did you go to Vegas at that point? Uh, at least three, four times a year. We'd stay uh, at the Palms, George Maloof. The Playboy penthouse. Uh, I mean, it was... I never had any money, though. And this goes to what you're saying. How long have I done comedy? So I started 20 years ago. And I, I, I compare it to people that work like like strippers or people that work in an industry where it's very soul-sucking and, in my opinion, not healthy. So as much money as, let's say, a stripper makes, she usually a lot of times goes out and spends it on handbags or cars or partying because, in my opinion, it's not a healthy industry. Yeah. So the door-to-door sales was so hard on me mentally and having all those people working to me, my best guy was a meth head because he would go out and make four or $500, go home that night, smoke it up, and then have to come back the next day and sell again. Yeah. So eight years ago, November 16th, my ex-fiance broke up with me, which I'm so grateful for. She's an awesome, amazing person. But something snapped. And I don't know if you know you have it like in a sporting event where you go, I, I got to make it. Like something just turned on. And I said, all right, I'm doing this. And ever since then, I haven't had a day job. There's been some days where I make three, four, five, six grand a day doing my TV show. And right now, currently, I'm $50,000 in debt on my credit card. Yeah. And I don't give a shit. I'm not going to go back to the day job. Which is really nothing for you because didn't you lose 60 grand in a night one time? I lost 60 grand in an hour. um, An hour. uh, Gambling. But that's when I was doing the meet. I would never recover from that. I don't give a shit how rich I was. If I lost 60 grand, I think it would fuck with me really hard. Well, at the time, and not to get too deep, but... 
I was on a medication called clonopin, which is a benzodiazepam. I remember that. I remember you coming off that shit, and it was just horrible for you. Stevie Nicks wrote a book, and it, uh, she said basically, like, going off of coke and heroin was easy. I convulsed for three and a half years, r- rocking back and forth like a crackhead in my bathtub at night for hours, totally depersonalized. I'd be on stage, and I felt like I was watching myself. Really? Up and down. You know, noise were, noises were really, really, really intense. I mean, it was crazy. I remember. But, I remember that you. Yeah. You would sit there and do that twitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that shit. But and the doctor said you have to stay on this. You have to stay on this. And I go no. I'm, I was happy growing up. I don't need any of this shit. Yeah. And I finally kind of took back my life eight years ago. And ever since then, I mean, ninety nine percent of the time I'm happy. The other one percent of the time, I'll reach out to you or Jesus Trejo or somebody. And there's been. I remember specifically one time I was having a really rough time. I was driving down to Washington D.C. It was after a gig, and I called you and you helped me out through something because you've done it a lot longer than I have. But I'm happy pretty much every single day. Yeah. Every single day I'm happy because I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. And does it suck that I literally have eight dollars and sixty four cents in my checking account right now? Yeah, but I don't give a shit. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Always have. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Money. Money's not everything, and especially if you're not happy doing what you're doing. Um, to make that money. But I went with Josh one day to sell meat um, a few years ago. Like, I think you really needed money or you were We just, went down by your house. I sold the cops. Dude, he was, uh, <laughs> I was confused. I, like, he had all this meat and he's like, and moving it all around and shit. And, uh, and this woman was just like, okay, next thing I know, she's writing him a check for like $500. And I was like, wow. Basically what it is is NDA, <laughs> no dead air time. And you just keep talking hey sorry to buy the wholesale steak seafood and chicken i got new york strips delmonico's ribeyes team home hamburger patties a lot of people don't want steak from a truck but i tell you what how do you think it gets to your grocery store hey if i can't pack your freeze i'll give it to you free honestly don't worry about checks i take cash i use in children like literally to the point where to the point where i would be i'd be like hey i'll tell you what i'll cook this meat for you if it's not the best thing you've ever had honestly i'll be out of your hair in 10 minutes they go okay so I'd be in their house holding their one-year-old, cooking fucking steaks, <laughs> talking to the the wife, the husband, the kids, and everything they were, I was. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm black. I'm white. I'm twin. I'm gay. I'm straight. Oh, I'm having a wedding next week. You were everything that they were. Yeah. Everything that they were, you were. Oh, you have one leg? My leg's fake also. Like, it was all <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> and then I'd say I'd sell to people down the street because when you first start – you, you, no one knows you, so you have to just make up names. So I'd be like, hey, I sold my – you know the uh, Washington's down the street with the apple tree? George loves the ribeyes. I would just say nonsense. And no one ever called you or stopped you? No. Or, I guess they don't even have time. My favorite was, uh, you know the Culkins? Dude, they're home right, home alone right now. You can ask Macaulay. He loves the food. <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't even laugh. No one have any idea. They're like, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. I know Macaulay. Like, they don't realize. Yeah. Because you do it so fast. Hey, this is the T-bone. It's the only bone in the bunch besides one of my pants. Honestly, I got great New York strips, Delmonica's, and I just said it's the T-bone. It's the only bone in the bunch besides one of my pants. You get away with a lot of shit. The first time we ever hung out was when uh, you came down and did guest spots at Pechanga when I was working there. And and, like we were in the restaurant having (laughs) breakfast. And and the whole place is just, you know, it's buzzing because it's breakfast and there's like a hundred people in there all eating. And Josh would just go, shh. And the entire restaurant would just get as quiet as a church mouse. It was in a for, casino. For just a second, you know, they, everything would die down. People would be like, oh, I guess we're supposed to be quiet. It's hilarious. <laughs> Going to a public place. <laughs> and then everyone would just gradually start talking again. It was like a cafeteria, like a, like a high school or something. That's my favorite. I also love going to public places and screaming, shut up. Shut up. 
Yeah. And people are like, what? Okay. And then they go back to their... I can't believe you've never been punched because there's been times where like we'll be in an elevator or just walking <laughs> past someone and he'll rip off the biggest <laughs> fart you've ever heard in your life. And... And people just kind of look at him like, I can't believe he did that. And I'm like, I'm like going, I'm like behind him, like, like an old lady with her grumpy husband. Like, I'm so sorry about him. Well, the thing is, is <laughs> it's all about energy and doing door to door sales for 21 years. I grew up on the streets. So I figured out the paradigm of how the, it's just like comedy. One, two, boom. One, two. So you figure that out. So I would like fart or something, but then I would just kind of look back at you and I would divert the tension away from me. So now they're just staring at you, yeah. which I think is hilarious because yeah. you get uncomfortable. Because it's not about me. It's about me making you uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, so what, you say you were happy during your childhood, but you did have a dickhead stepfather, right? Oh, my stepdad used to lock me in the basement. And it was weird. Like the punishment, he would lock me in the basement. And I don't know if he felt bad for me or not, but like- when it would become dinner time, he would just put a glass of milk at the top of the stairs for like me you're to drink. A cat. Yeah, like I'm some fucking feline. <laughs> where did you grow up? What state? I grew is up it? in Potomac, Maryland. Uh, Potomac, Maryland. Sorry about that. Why that noise? I keep banging. Um, right. uh, so yeah, I grew up in Potomac, Maryland. I had a stepdad who was literally crazy. Like he got diagnosed as crazy, but he was manipulative. In fact, the doctor that was appointed by the courts because he kidnapped my little brother, the courts appointed a doctor to say, what the heck is going on with this family? Like, we have to figure it out. Yeah. And um, this guy, by the way, was in concentration camps. He ran prisons, ran youth homes for troubled kids. He goes, I haven't seen anybody as manipulative, as maniacal uh, as Sam Messinger, as my stepdad. He goes, since the Nazis. Wow. And this guy was in concentration camps. Holy shit. 100% and, true. But your mom is very sweet, right? Like He you, controlled her. You have a great con relationship with your mom. Mom's so, great. So she manip he manipulated her too. Well, basically, and she goes, I don't remember loving him. What I remember him saying, the only thing I remember is, I'll take care of you and your three kids. Because she was 24 years old. My dad and her got divorced. She got three young babies, and he came in like Captain Savaho. You know, that's what a lot of these manipulative people, they find people that are in need. And he was very good to me. And we got along until I started to have my own ideas. Yeah. So he was very controlling. But as soon as you start to, oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm a, I'm a live person. Like I'm a grown up, and I might like this. And I'm a, he was very, very controlling. So he kicked my sister out of the house, kicked my brother out of the house. And when he went to kick me, my mom's like, wait, all of my kids can't be horrible. Yeah. Um, as a kid, were you entertaining your siblings a lot, like making them laugh and like that sort of like well, is, is no. your comedy rooted? No, in uh, how it, where it's uh, rooted in is because there was so much chaos at home. It was no love at home, crazy. Like, he just wouldn't talk to me for three months at a time because I didn't put the milk away. And as a kid, you're like, Can't see that awkwardness, that weird, no, that's what it was like you didn't. So then I would go to school, and because I was so hyperactive and fucking crazy at home, I didn't have any friends at school. So I just started acting silly and crazy. Hmm. And then I got attention, and then it was a uh, eighth to ninth grade year, I became in the cool club. I don't know how. I don't even. And ever since then, I've been amazing. <laughs> I, you know what? I was about to deliver a joke, even, and you stepped in my punch. Even through uh, the Ed Hardy years, I mean, I was. I'm sorry. First of all, in the Ed Hardy years, I was legitimately cool within that group. That, and, and like, I will give you full credit. Like you post the at any at any opportunity. <laughs> you post some really nice photos yeah. from like, which is what 04 through like 09, I would yeah. say, for you youngsters listening. I love, by the way, on Facebook and just any place posting my headshots. So, like, John, you'll post something like, hey, had a good time with my wife. Uh, you know, we're up at a vineyard. 
and then I just post my headshot underneath. It has nothing to do, and I try to do the a post that's different. It's yeah. so like you piss, you know, Tim be like, "Hey, welcome, so and so, my new son," and then I just post my headshot. Yeah. Are you excited about me having a son? I think it's going to be great because yeah. you're going to be a great dad. You know. I, I hope so. I think I think I probably will. No, you've done enough work on yourself. That you li- and you you know what a jackass you say your dad was, so you literally are going to go. I'm going to do the exact opposite of what he did. Yeah, which is such an amazing turn for one generation to go from what you went through um, to being like a good human. Yeah, I said on stage last night that I'm just going to ask myself what my father would do and then do the opposite. Yeah, and that's and that's how yeah. simple it is. Yeah, you know, it's really like no, and, and your wife is amazing, much better than you on all fronts. <laughs> Don't I know it? Really. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. The only only uh, I'd say downfall was her with her is being with you. Besides that, that she's is, amazing. That is the sweetest thing you've ever said. Thank you. <laughs> and your dog is amazing. She is. Tulsa is awesome. And one little fun fact, Tim Gaither here actually is a very good cook. People don't know that because he looks like so ugly and disgusting, but I'll tell you what, he's a good cook. What would that have to do with cooking? I don't know. Just actually, um, I do make a, a mean fucking burger. I call them the Gaither burgers. But all it is is Lowry seasoning. Any dumbass can do it. Even you could do it. Wait a second. I have a oh, feeling like you're picking on me. Well, maybe I am a little. I, I, uh, I make sweet love to his dog, and he gets mad at me. Well, let's not. Take it easy. He doesn't make any love to her, but he definitely... Um, I sleep in the dog bed with her. He gets her all fired up and shit. And, like, and he's like, what he'll do is he'll come over and he'll grab her face. He's like, I love you so much. I love you so much. And so, of course, the dog gets all fucking crazy. And then he's like, Tulsa, calm down. And I'm like, dude, you can't rile I, her up and I then tell her... I never did that. I never did that. That is he not true. literally like landing a plane. I lay in the dog bed with her and we get along. Does she miss me? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, she does talk about you a lot. She's like, when's that prick Josh coming back? Like, I hope his leg. Does it make you mad that I do all of your jokes to you? No, because you ru- ruined the shit out of them. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> I almost Except said you, you ra- got a boner, Dewan. I almost said you rape them, but I don't know if you can say that on whatever we're you on You just right did, now. you damn Speaking nugget. of getting bent over, the update on the reggae fest, the guy was, quote, folded over a table. Ha, ha, ha. Tim was great at the show for what he was given. So thank you, Chris, for that. Thanks, answer. Chris. I had a, I had a good time there. I really did. Uh, Josh Heinrich set it up, and 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 we all thought it was going to uh, turn out better than it did. But it's really hard. We've talked about this particular show a few times on here, and um, so yeah, I'm glad you liked it, buddy. I did my best, and and I actually had fun with it there at the end. You you just kind of get to a point where you're like, you know what, fuck it, bring it on. You know, that's yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you. Like, we've all done these shitty gigs. Right, yeah. and it used, it, I went through a period where I did all of them, didn't say anything, didn't care, and then I was feeling too good for it because I'm like, I work really hard, and now I just embrace it, and I'm just running my material. Like I don't care if they like me. Yeah, you know, and that that's the part I'm getting to in my comedy now, where I like me, and I'm friends with you and John. Like I have people that like me no matter what. It has not my comedy has nothing to do with who I am as a as a, a core base human. And once you don't, you mean care, whether or not they like you doesn't yeah, have anything to do with it. Yeah, which I yeah. want people to like me, but I'm finding now my, I'm getting better because I don't care. Yeah. Well, that's half the battle. You, it, I, I used to tell people all the time that it's one thing to say, I don't give a shit how they, what they think, and it's another thing to genuinely not care what they think. And getting to the point where you genuinely don't care is, the pro, is, is, from, is the, part of the process from doing it over and over and over and and l- learning that it's not life and death and, and all that. So anybody can say, I don't care what they think of me. 
Yeah, you do. I think that I'm not there 100% in between 49 and 51% I'm there. Well, you're human beings. We're never going to get there completely, you know. Um, there are a few people who genuinely don't. Brian Holtzman, oh. uh, that guy doesn't give a shit. And, and God bless him. I, I'm, I, I will always regret that a couple days ago was the memorial for Mitzi. Did you see Brian on stage? It was the best thing I've you ever did, seen. You did see it. I watched it from... Did you see it? I was not there. I no. didn't see it, but I have heard nothing but that it was the best thing anyone's ever done on stage ever. Yeah. God he, damn it, I'm so pissed I yeah. missed that. Did anyone I, record it? I hope so. It was amazing. And and what he did basically is he went through his itinerary of where he was going for the next you know nine months, and it was all bullshit. But like, I'll, I'll be playing at you know uh, Kurt Richards' chicken farm in uh, Wichita. Uh... He goes, uh, you know, I, I, can't, I you can't, it's yeah, it's even hard to do it. Justice and let me tell you why. All, just I see a comedian, and I go, oh, even when you see Chappelle, I go, oh, I see what he's doing. I see how he's doing it. Not that I can do that, but I see the trick. I see it with Holtzman. I literally go, I don't him and Fahim and a couple other people. I go, I don't, I don't know how they're doing that. Like I don't think I could do that. Does that yeah. make sense? Sure. Just where they're drawing from, just whether yeah. it's random, and then with with Holtzman, just the passion, right? And the anger. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, Stuff I mean, he can say with a smile just on his face. crazy. I mean, it's amazing. Like he came out right after the Cosby thing, the day after the Cosby thing, and all the women come out. And he goes, "Fuck these women." We're all looking. I was sitting next to Maj Brani, who's the nice guy. He said, "Fuck them all. They're all ungrateful bitches." And we're all like, "What? How can you say this?" He's <laughs> like, "Do you know how many women get raped and don't wake up?" He goes, "You're not grateful." And we're like, "What? <laughs> Fuck." He takes the angle that they should be grateful they woke. I mean, and you're like, and everybody's laughing because what he's doing is he's pointing out the ridiculous. He doesn't mean it because he, he does a little smile to the audience. Yeah. But he, the day of all this came out, I mean, he's just amazing. Well, no, I would love no to fear. see more of him because um, I know, I've met Holtzman a couple times. And I actually talked to a guy a couple nights ago. Um, he, we exchanged numbers and everything. That's how much I like the guy. His name is Peter. And uh, I guess he's real tight with Holtzman. And he was talking about how... He does that. He'll go up and say things just to piss people off. He doesn't even. He's like he doesn't even believe half the shit he's saying. No. He just says it to get a reaction out of people, and that's when you truly don't give a shit. I noticed that about Sebastian Maniscalco, who's one of my favorites. He'll say something that's ridiculous, but you see, he does a little a wink, wink, nod to the audience. It's a little bit of a smile. It moments like pursing his lips. Like everything I just said, I know is nonsense. Yeah, because it's a joke. And like uh, when I saw Chappelle here, it was amazing what he said. He go, he's talking about transgender, and he goes, "You don't think I know what I'm saying is mean?" He goes, "Yeah, dumbasses, I know it. That's why I said it. Yeah. I'm a comic." So he took ownership of it, but he goes, "I'm saying it for the purposes of a joke. Yeah. I'm not saying it as this is my point of view." And it was so good to see somebody like that just say that. Yeah, people get way too tight and offended these days at, at at what stand-up comedians are saying. And I'm like, you're here to laugh and to hear shit you wouldn't hear any, literally anywhere else. Yeah. You know, and and if you can't accept that, then please just don't even come in here. Don't come in here to judge comedians. Even at Mitzi's memorial, somebody said something about, I just came to get pussy. And this lady got up and walked, yeah. walked out in a huff. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, like, just, I get Wait, I I get it, lady, but come on, you know, like this is a memorial of a of the queen of comedy and the the comedy store and in the seventies it was seventies and early eighties, much different time. And he was talking about how 
it was a different time. And she got up all pissed off and walked out. I think she may have even been at your table. Did you know that person? I know exactly who you're talking about because she walked right next to me. I don't know who she was. I don't know who she is. But she got so offended. And I'm not taking that away from her. But the good, if you put it in a pair, uh, context, so Mitzi created a place for the craziest of crazy, the Robin Williams, Richard Pryor, you know, all the way up to, let's say, a Christian comic, whatever it is. She included all comedians. Yeah. So this was a place for them to come and just try it out on stage and see what worked. I mean, I heard Jim Carrey used to literally, I don't know if it's true, but he would sometimes crawl around like a little cockroach for 30 minutes on stage and bum. But that's how he became himself totally free. Yeah. So if you're coming into an environment, and by the way, this is the memorial for that, and right. now you're getting offended. Yeah. That's like going to a race car track and go, I'm offended of the noise. Did, well, you, you know? Yeah. Did you have much interaction with Mitzi? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember her that much. Yeah. She was super nice to me. She passed me. I don't even remember showcasing. I just did it and passed. Hmm. So she was nice. I remember sitting in the back, you know, and I hear people and the greatest thing was, you know, Holtzman's like, she was an asshole. Like when people die, like Jamie Masada's an asshole. That's what he does. He's an asshole. He doesn't shake your hand. But when you have a thousand comedians coming after you, I understand why Jamie is that way. He can't be. It's a business to him. This is what Holtzman was saying or you're just saying this? I'm adding on there. I'm going comedy club bookers. I really think have to be like that. You have to be the person at the top who's like, these are the rules. I can't be p- close personal friends with you. I need to do things a certain way. And you let certain people in and certain people who don't. Hmm. You know, because I saw the reason I said Jamie is Jamie was there. But I think it's a really hard job owning a comedy club. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, it's, you know, I have no idea. I've never owned one. But it, it would it would drive it would drive you crazy. Like, especially, like, I'm all about the details. And if I had a comedian that was, like, running the, running the light and doing shit like that, I know it would drive me up a fucking wall. But along with that, though, too, like, booking comedians, you're managing comedians, like, you're running the lights, you're doing everything. Like, it's a hard job. And you're basically, essentially, the pretty girl in school. Everybody wants to talk to you. Yeah. That's hard. And, and most of the people who do talk to you there's a lot more bad comedians that's than, what i mean there are good ones so it's very hard to weed them all out and be like you know if you got 20 people who suck asking you for a date then it's hard to know when they're the one guy right who is asking for one who doesn't suck it's hard to know they don't suck until you you know that's why i think as a comedy club owner you have to be standoffish i would never want to do it that's the most ridiculously hard job ever you have to be standoffish yeah it definitely takes a different uh a different breed. Tell us about uh, being a male cheerleader at Penn State. One, two, down, up, toss to a hands, toss to a cupie, and cheer. I used to pull my balls out. Uh, <laughs> and it was 98,000 people at Penn State at the time as You're far as— You're kidding me. No, 98,000. The, the stadium would call, hold close to 110,000. I think it was like 90-something thousand at the time. And That's I would be Happy on, Valley? Yeah, Happy Valley. And I would I thought it was hilarious because they say at any one time nine people are looking at you. So I would just be standing there in my polyester— and I'd have my balls out, and I'd, I'd say, like, I'd look to my right to my friend, like, uh, uh, with Dave. I'm like, hey, Cluxon, Dave, Dave, Dave. He's like, look. And he looks over. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm dying laughing. <laughs> I'm thinking it's hilarious. I was 18 or 19 at the time, so whatever. I got it. I'm not supposed to do that. I understand. Yeah. But, yeah, I would do the most insane things. <laughs> they gave me the mic one time to do cheers in front of 100,000 people. Yeah. And they have a guy who supersedes you on the loudspeaker. But I had a mic for 100,000 people. And they're like, 
let's have a moment of silence for number 55. He passed away of a long fight of so-and-so. And I go, hey, everybody, let's go Lions. And I heard a 100,000. Boo! <laughs> I mean. You would do it just to hear the boo? I didn't know. I, I just grabbed the mic. I was nervous. Uh, but yeah, we had, a, we, had, we had a cheerleading trip, New Year's, to, to Florida. Um, and uh, we were all on a boat. Uh, and it was New Year's raining, and I didn't want to be on the boat anymore. It was like kind of going around the harbor, but pretty far out. And I was like, I'm out. And I just dove off of the boat uh, and swam ashore. And then all the other cheers, like, where's Nasser? Where's Nasser? So they started jumping out, right? But I did it like Slim Shady, where I, no one saw me. Mm-hmm. And cut to police helicopters. Apparently, it was alligator infested waters. I didn't know that. Holy shit. So they didn't know where I was. And then I ended up back in the hotel room, like chilling out. And they came in. They bought, oh, my God, we thought you were dead. Oh, my God. I'm like, no, dude, I just swam a shirt. It was amazing. <laughs> and then the, the cheerleading coach, Dombrowski, we called him, he came in. He goes, honestly, you're not going to cheer tomorrow at the game. And I go, no, I am. He goes, what? Because he was only one year old. And I go, yeah, my parents came down and I am. You can kick me off after, but literally you're not going to stop me from doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't care. It's a cheerleader. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Did you, uh, did you enjoy it? Was it fun? No, it was the wor- it was great, but it was... I wanted to play football, you know? But Did you I also, really? Did you play football in high school? I played football in high school, led the state in interceptions, went to states. It was great. Really? I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah. I was very good defensive back. I, I wasn't good at hitting and tackling. What I was good at is finding the ball. I was yeah. good at stopping like that. Um, but I was only 169 pounds at the time, yeah. and I'm only 5'8". So I tried. I went and played Division two. And these guys at Division Two were like 6'5", running 4'4". They were amazing. College football is no joke, man. But... They, they didn't have the grades for Division One, yeah. So I would ba- basically bounce off. Then I went to uh, Penn State the year after, and I tried to walk on. And, I mean, these guys are just so super talented. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't make that. So I was like, well, I didn't even know in my amoeba mind. I'm like, I just, okay, I still want to be around football. So I go, I'll do cheerleading. Yeah. We watched that uh, Penn State uh, deal the other day, Paterno, and about how he died like two months after all that shit happened. And, yeah. And uh, he was a god up there. Yeah. And in a nice way, too. Oh, dude, they had a fucking full-on riot when, when they fired him. Like, I didn't realize that happened. But did you know that, Sheezer? Oh, yeah. No, it was a big deal just because... Yeah, I mean, I knew it was a big deal, but I didn't realize what they did at Penn State. Like, they were... It well, was the, like, the statue came down, I think. It was like I the mean, L.A. riots out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, he was so revered, and, and he brought he there so much money. 40 years, yeah. I think. I mean, all-time winning is... 60 before, years, I think. Or, yeah, I mean, since the 50s or Yeah, a long so time. I remember one of the cheerleading things, like we would go and do like public events and whatever. And the president of the United States came to the school and we were, you know, like we were like, you know, the face of that program as far as just like, hi, how are you? And we would be there and they would uh, they'd be doing like prayers before. Like we'd like to thank uh, God, our family. We'd like to thank uh, Penn State football. Like football was their God. It was like it's big business and like you know it's like you see in Texas where football's everything. Yeah, it's a huge part of the culture and society there. They're awesome now at wrestling. They've won seven out of the last eight NCAA championships. And oh, they're great. And no, it's not. They'll probably win the next next one next year also. But uh, yeah, they've got quite the uh, wrestling culture. I there, went but... to uh, Clarion first, which oh, is did? huge. Yeah, I went to uh, Clarion with Kurt Angle, who yeah. is now in WWE. Yeah, he sure. was there and. This Two-time is time NCAA champion. While you, when you were there, that's when I was when, there, okay, and I can tell you why I knew I, I didn't couldn't do wrestling. A, the conditioning is so hard, and I I just kind of peeked in one time and I saw them doing moves where they would, 
you know, shoot, blah, 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 throw the person down and then mm-hmm. get up and do it. And I was like, I don't want to be thrown around. But that was part of like, you know, shoot, boom, pick the guy up, throw him down, shoot. And they were just repeating that. Yeah. I was like, oh, how boring. Kurt Angle was a nut job, dude. I mean, that guy, I read a book about him and the way he trained was fucking phenomenal. But anyway, you've got a hell of a uh, social media following. Have you have you been able to foster such a big following? I don't Joshua? actually. Uh, you got like thirty thousand Instagram followers. I've yeah, got, I've got like nine hundred. Um, and every time I get six followers, four people unfollow me. I'm like, what so, am I doing wrong here? Um, my Instagram <laughs> followers, I don't. Uh, it started to pick up quickly. I don't feel like a lot of them are active. My engagement is not huge. What I mean, if you look at somebody like Kim Kardashian, and by the way, high engagement is only two two and a half percent of your total followers. So if you have a million followers, to get 20,000 likes on something, that's okay. That's cool. But if that, you have that's 50, an accepted ratio. One, two percent, two and a half. And that's the, the big guys. Yeah. You know, so you think, well, that's not a lot. You know, if you have, you're sitting in front of an audience of 100 people and only two people are clapping, you're going, well, that's weird. But in social media. So I'm at probably about point, uh, I'm 0.8 to 1 percent. So I feel like a lot of my people are not active or real or bots or whatever. But I don't know how to differentiate them. I do have a service that now will unfollow anybody that's not following me. So I'm trying to navigate that. So, But I try to put up content that people will like. I try to target people that like the same things. Um, and then also just uh, I, I do silly videos. Like I do a lot of man-on-the-street prank videos. I did more. Um, but uh, that's the kind of nonsense I like to do. You mentioned uh, Kim Kardashian, who's married to Kanye, and you lived across the street from Kanye. Nicest guy ever. You, he was a nice guy. I, I ate Thanksgiving at his house. Really? Yeah, nice guy. Nicest guy ever. Huh. So whatever you see, whether he's changing, I don't know, but nicest dude. Yeah. Nicest guy. So cool. I knew his security team, John. Just great. You know, he ran it, and yeah, good guys. Well, I don't, I don't get into all that bullshit on TMZ and everything, because they literally edit things exactly the way they're supposed to, to be. And I know he, he said something about slavery being a choice and all that. And and I don't know what all the extent of it was, but I know that there was probably more to that interview than the 18 seconds that they just showed over <laughs> and over. Um, so it's hard to know what to fucking trust in any of that stuff. But from a personal neighbor perspective, a good guy. Yeah. I, I, you were happy to have him as a neighbor. Wasn't a nuisance. Sweetest guy. A, no. Not nuisance. A, not even a little bit. Like yeah. the opposite. Just a cool dude. You know, he's brilliant. He's a genius at what he does. Yeah. So, Which uh, is part of probably what the hell he's, you know, he's also a great at marketing and all that shit so some of this stuff may even be and i'm not defending kanye west i don't know the fucking guy i have no idea what he josh what he, nasser does what he even said but uh was was he famous then when you knew him? i was just yeah, oh was, yeah was he he, he was, was he, on his way up he was he was one he was already signed yeah i mean the house across mine was 1.7 million that was just one of his houses he had a brand new mclaren with the doors to flip up yeah he was he was already in fact it was kind of cool i was going out one day and i saw uh there was a big uh giant bear like that's on the cover of his college dropout. And I, I saw like a big, it was, I'm sorry, stuffed animal bear. And it was really cool. I don't remember where I had it, a friend or somebody. And I took it to the dry cleaner. I got it all like perfectly clean. Just, it was like new already. And I knocked on his door and he's like, oh shit. I'm like, yeah. And we went down to his basement and uh, we put like, we tied on like little Louis Vuitton, um, like scarves on it and everything. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Josh or uh, John, do we have any uh, questions from anybody? We had Ryan Hill from Don Carlos Taco Shop was asking. Um, I, I like can pull Ryan. this. Up. Yeah, great guy. If you're ever in La Jolla, San Diego, go to Don Carlos Taco Shop. Can I tell Shop. you something about Don Carlos? Yeah, please. I put up a GoFundMe because I wanted to do pranks mm-hmm. and everything. No one knew me, whatever. 
uh, Don Juan was the only one that donated to it. Really? Yeah. Cool. So he now asks, I beat off to him. Yeah, well, he asked <laughs> Wait a second. how big is throw that in there. Josh's meat and does Josh go poop in the potty? That is a very good uh, good thing. Just so you know, I don't poop in the potty. What I do is I wait to go to Tim's house and I do it in his bed. Now, a lot of people very would nice. say no. I say it's just extra stuffing. Hey, Nasser, he's always on. My IMDB is Josh Nasser. I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, and Alex Moore pops up, says hello to everyone. Hey, Alex, Alex Moore. Who's up, back buddy? east. Actually, probably not too far from Potomac, Maryland. I right love now. Uncle Moore. Oh, he's a great guy. Great yeah, guy. Yeah, Alex good dude. He's like seven foot four. He is a giant man. But, uh, <laughs> Kick big, your ass, you big, damn monkey. Big heart, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he probably could. <laughs> so where was the first set? Was that in Maryland? Was that out yeah. here? No, out started here. started doing comedy? I oh, start, here at the store? I started doing crowd warm-up first. Uh, I did it for seven years. If you don't know what that is, that's the guy who goes up before, like uh, like Jimmy Fallon or uh, before a game show host, and you get the crowd warm. You tell them where to go, what to do, what not to do. This is the bathroom. So you're basically the fluffer. And I was making... Which I you've being, also done. I don't, I don't, I don't knew your hurt. Well, that's how you compared it um, so easily. So, uh, I ended up making, I was one of the top paid ones. I'm making like 1500 a day. Um, but the host was making like 20,000 a day. And I was like, wait, they had me running, doing lighting and tech. Hey Josh, can you run the game show first? I'm like, Hey, on the board today, we have age, chess, lifestyle. I would doing the whole thing. And then I'm like, wait, cause I was just doing for sound and audio. I'm like, I can do that. I go, no, I'm going to fucking quit and start hosting. Yeah. So I did that. So that's and then I knew uh, the Weasel because I did crowd warm up for all the spring breaks. So I became friends with Polly, and Polly hooked me up with the Booker here. And then I just started coming around, and then Mitzi passed me. Man, you've had a pretty cool life. Yeah, you've done a lot of shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. only happy now in the past eight years. Though. It doesn't come through in your personality, but you've done a lot of cool shit. Wait a second, you're <laughs> telling me that I've done a lot of cool shit? Yeah, yeah. I've had a, I hosted a crazy show called Fit Resort and Spa. Where I flew flew around the world to resorts and spas, and I just talked about them, huh. like high end. I would get masks and peels and all that stuff. Where does featuring for me rank and all that shit? I tell you what, you're the first person to ever take me on the road. And this is a little fun fact: we had a moment where we go, "Hey, do we want to go out to the clubs, or do we want to go upstairs and listen to the Jerky Boys?" If you know what the Jerky Boys are, they're prank calls. And we went upstairs, we slept in separate beds, and hysterically laughed listening to the Jerky Boys. <laughs> yeah, I let Josh stay in my hotel room, and we did listen to the Jerky Boys. Yeah. And, and by the way, I never even considered going to the clubs. No, you know no. what I mean. Like, we could have gone out or yeah. whatever. We could have done something else. Yeah. Like, we could have gone to get a restaurant or whatever. Anything you know? except for B14 again. That's and what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did. We laid there and laughed like children. Was it and, a tat uh, cat? Or was it cat hat? Or cat? Anyway, they're great. Yeah. They thank were, you. Thank you. With my shoes and my glasses. Yeah. So, so I have them. <laughs> I, I don't know how long it was before we spoke to each other in normal voices after that. I never um, speak to you like that because you're an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, with the zinger today. I call him Mr. Headliner. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I get random audio. Uh, I wish I wish those things saved. <laughs> I wish those things saved. You know how they just delete? Because I would... Uh, I would make an album out of it or something. Just all the dumb Ooh. shit Josh Nasser has said to me. I say, hey, you woke up today, look in the mirror. You should kill yourself. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> I just send him that. No Ooh, reason. With the zinger. With the zinger. I just send him shit. I can't believe you're going to be a father. Who would have sex with you because you're an ugly monkey? Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's so You've fun. sent some of those at some pretty good times. There have been times where I'm just like, fuck this business and everyone in it. And then I'll get a business. I'll get a, uh, <laughs> And then I'll get an audio. Oh, you're thinking about killing yourself. Don't do it. Don't do it. Little monkeys depend on you. Ooh. I mean, it's amazing. So that's why I FaceTime It's like a real-life goddamn teddy bear here. It just yeah. tears you up. Yeah. So... And I'm very proud of you, Tim. Honestly, the fact that you tricked some girl into marrying you. I mean, that you're getting married, that you're married to an amazing person. Yeah. She's like, she's, she's the best ever. Yeah. And you're going to have a baby. And, we uh, are. Little baby boy in November. Little Micah. Wow. Yeah. Well, to, to wind the, in the closing moments of the show here, the last few minutes, you said earlier, the last eight minutes or the last eight years have been the best. Yeah. The payoff. What's, what was that difference to kind of, Bring you into the happiness, the light, or I will not be around anybody negative at all in any way, shape, or form. There's three or four people here at the comedy store, and when they go on stage, I get up and walk out. It's a knee-jerk reaction. In my life in general, I will not have it. I read Tony Shea's book. Uh, he's the owner of Zappos, sold his first company for $232 million at 24. I believe this numbers are right about right. And $1.1 billion at 31. And he said there was people that he could have hired for his company but they didn't fit his corporate structure and philosophy. And he goes, they would have made me millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And that's when I go, oh, I don't have to be around anybody. And in the long run, I only need to be around people that are my cheerleader. And it's so simple. If you knock it down, you guys ever been in front of an audience of 100 people and you see three not laughing? I used to talk to them. Why aren't you laughing? Now I ignore them. Because yeah. why? No one behind them can see them, you know? And wasted any, energy. Wasted energy. And any other... Um, paradigm or forum if you got a 97 out of 100 you'd be doing amazing right so that's the biggest thing is i do not i have no one negative in my life and after this i'll probably never talk to tim gaither again and i feel like <laughs> Ooh, mr zinger for the mr headliner close it on a zinger uh what time is it johnny uh right now we are at about step i did right around 50 minutes okay well we were going to wrap it up around 45 50 minutes so we can try to beat the uh, traffic home it's gone really fast because uh you were a great guest i thought you were gonna suck wait a second i am a damn monkey <laughs> hey uh make sure you guys visit uh tim's hamburger shack uh sorry can i give him my uh my credits please, and everything like that? please yeah, actually if you pimp, got listeners if you go to at josh j-o-s-h nasser n-a-s-a-r um, on Twitter. That's Josh, J-O-S-H-N-A, single S-A-R. Also, I was on MTV's The Grind and Singled Out. Um, That's no. right, with Jenny McCarthy? Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to throw shit? credits out there. Just trying and to throw credits. you can also go to joshnasser.com for, That's true. for dates, media clips. And everything. Everything. Every single everything thing you want to know. And if you want a good T-bone, only bone a bunch besides one of my pants, give me a call and I'll, uh, I'll give you a good deal. Well, that was good. Good job, buddy. Thank you, sir. Is that it? Is that all you want to pimp for yourself? That's all I want to say. Okay. Make sure you watch me all over the place. John, anything you want to pimp for yourself? Oh, I'm going to be um, at Pine Top in, uh, what is that, July, and it have a suit. Just go to John, J-O-N, is here, dot com. Pine Top, Arizona. We had a good time that was, up there. Yes, yeah, we did. That, that was, was great, good. man. Yeah, we had a hell of a time there. We Yeah, that was great, Pine Top, Arizona. It's been, that was the last time I was there. That was eight, nine years ago, at least. It's one of those gigs that you walk into, and you're like, this is going to fucking suck. And every time, the audience is awesome. Every time I've done it, and I've done it three or four times now, it's always been great. Um, did, did you do comedy? Because it couldn't be awesome if you did. Hey, Josh, we're going to take some pictures here in a minute, so just take it easy with that thing. Uh, go to TimGatherComedy.com. I've got some uh, dates coming up on there. I'm getting ready to go to uh, Oregon and Washington, and at the end of the month, I'm going to be at uh, Hyenas. 
in Fort Worth, Texas, one of the one of my favorite clubs in the country. And in uh, June, I'm going to be headlining Vegas, the 11th through the 17th, at the Tropicana Laugh Factory. Ooh. And uh, yeah, all those dates are going to be on TimGatherComedy.com. Uh, my summer's looking pretty good, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys. As always, go to Making It Happen, M-A-C-A-N, It Happen.com to help out little bow making. And I want to thank Josh for being on here and thank Twitch you. and. And YouTube, I'm sorry about the people who tried to watch on YouTube. We, we've got to figure that shit out, but we will. And thanks for subscribing, the new subscribers. Thank you. Yes, please subscribe. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. So That ought to hold them, right? That ought to hold you little bastards. Until next time, God bless all of you. Take Goodbye. Care. Thank you. <laughs> that was great, Josh. I know what I'm doing. Just act like I don't. I thought you were going to fuck up the whole thing. Look, you damn man.